are listening to a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. This evening we welcome a guest preacher, or we welcome her back. This is something that I'm trying to do on a monthly basis, invite a different voice, so mine isn't the only one you hear. That's important. But it's also good to have Helen Kennedy with us. She was raised up for ordained ministry from within our community in our very early days and has spent a lot of time hanging with us over the years, was my reliable fill-in for year after year after year after year. And so I, I really wanted to invite her to preach, which I did a month ago. And she agreed, and then last Saturday got herself elected as the Bishop of Capel. That's the diocese across the southern part of Saskatchewan based in Regina. So soon to be Bishop Helen, God bless you, in every way possible, uh, will be moving along with uh, Stephen to Regina come the early winter. So this is a good opportunity for us to hear again her voice in our midst. Helen. Those are extremely kind words, thank you. It's lovely to be back here. So, from our first reading this morning, this evening, yes, it's evening when we do church here. (laughs) So don't you just love a happy ending? I know I do. I love it when you get the phone call from the wayward daughter saying, I'm getting married. It's like, yes, one down. (laughs) When the co-op gas check comes in, that you, one that you'd completely forgotten about, comes in in February and you can pay off that Christmas debt. Or more seriously, when the test for that lump comes back negative, it's like, okay, happy ending. Because you know, it all comes out in the wash. Everything will turn out okay, you'll see. We hear this all the time. So this is Job and his life. A lovely happy ending which puts right all of the misery and suffering that he's had to put up with. Now, remembering that all of this was done to allow God to make a point. So the point has been made, and God wins. And as a prize for his participation, Job gets double what he had in the beginning. So thank you to the editors of Job for such a happy ending. I want to screech to a halt there, because I don't think we can get there quite that fast. Job may have begun with once upon a time, and ends with, and they all lived happily ever after, but there are 40-odd chapters of mayhem and misery in between those. So what are we to make of them, and what are we to make of God's behavior? It may also be good for us to remember that Job is canonically nestled in the center of the wisdom literature within the the canon of the Bible. Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes are the wisdom literatures. So Job's right in the middle of all of that. And it gives us a clue what we are to look for, that we are to look for wisdom that is contained in Job and the last recorded encounter that he has with God. Now, the exaggeration of Job's completely undeserved suffering 
gives voice to the breadth of some of our own human's sorrow, both on an ordinary level and even on a massive scale. Things that happen to Job, we feel them too. Job had lost everything, his children, his livelihood, his health. He also loses the comfort of his own theology, of what and who he thought God was. And that was important to him because at the beginning of the story, we're told that he had instructed many. He was a teacher of the faith. And now it's all gone. And Job responds in typical human fashion, in despair, in self-pity, and outrage at what had happened to him. His friends are really no help at all. They don't help him with his confusion or explain anything any better. But what they do is to make him think again about what and who he believes God is to him. So over those 40 chapters, we hear lots of complaining, lots of lamenting and shouting at God. But what I think that does is to keep the relationship between Job and God alive. Many would have done what his wife said, curse God and die. Just give up on this God thing. It really isn't working for you. Because the God thing was understood to be that those who were good got rewarded and those who were not got punished. And some of us think that that is still how God operates making these passages even more important for us to hear again. So Job is at the end of his rope, sitting in an ash heap, when finally he realizes there is far more to God than he could ever hope to imagine. In that moment, after he has screamed and shouted at God, shaking his fist, he comes to realize that during his life, He had simply just heard about what and who God was to him. Through the schooling that he'd had, even from his faith community. But now, sitting in the ruins of his life, instead of being forced into submission, Job speaks of experiencing seeing what and who God is to him. He had met God in the storm of his own life, And God had remained. And I think that is where our wisdom peace is. Job's eyes are opened. And he said, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me that I did not know. He sits in his ash heap of a life and sees God with him for the first time and it transforms him. It makes Job think again about what and who God is to him. And then from what we understand, Job gets up and gets on with his life as a changed man. His encounter with God reveals a different theology and perspective to what and who he thought he was. Taking Job outside of himself to become a new being in the community And that is enough for God to change the situation. Now we miss a few verses 
in between there. We miss verses 7 to 9. And that's where God, where God is talking to Job's friends, chastising them, because they had not spoken the truth about God, while Job had. God tells them that they'd now better go and make a sacrifice and ask Job to pray for them. If they did that, God would not deal with them according to their folly. So they kind of get a second chance there. They had spoken about a false precept of cause and effect. You do this and this is what happens. They presumed to know how God operates when nobody can. It is also not insignificant that Job, out of his abundance, gives an inheritance to his daughters. Or that the sons are not named, but the daughters are. This is a changed Job. He's changing the community. The societal norms around him are shifting. So what this passage, what this wisdom teaching offers us, is to consider for ourselves what and who God is to us. How can we be transformed by seeing God in the ash of our lives? Which actually is not a, a bad transition to say a brief word about the gospel. Blindness towards the actions of God is a theme for Mark. Certainly in this section, the spiritual blindness of the disciples as to what's really going on around them is being highlighted. Peter rebuking Jesus for explaining that the Son of Man has to suffer and be rejected. The disciples debating about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And then James and John peacocking about who's going to sit on the left and on the right-hand side of Jesus. All show a blindness to the subversive nature of the kingdom that Jesus has been trying to demonstrate, explain, and describe for the past few years. So then an actual blind man comes in the crowd and calls out, and the crowd desperately try and shut him up. Just be quiet. It's nothing to do with you. Just push him to one side. But Jesus then asks him the same question that he asked the disciples. What do you want me to do for you? And the man said, let me see again. Then Mark's favorite word, immediately the man regains his sight and follows him on the way. So in both of our readings, the emphasis is on seeing God, which has the potential to transform a life. The disciples missed it because they were focused on the notion that might would topple the regime. Job's friends missed it because of the cause and effect of how God operates was in their mind. But seeing God in the ordinary, in the ash heap, in those who are in dire need, in the least, the last, and the lost, transforms our relationship with God. So I encourage us all to see and seek God in the unexpected places. Allow our eyes to be open and our lives transformed. Knowing that there is so much that we cannot know or understand. Job and the blind man push us to hold our theologies quite lightly 
knowing that new times requires new and reformed theologies, ones that it is that we, if we are open to them, can be good for us, especially if we want to see transformation happen. I think that's the goal of where we're at. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church and to access the full catalog of our podcasts going all the way back to 2006, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. In addition, if you are interested in supporting our online work, you can find information on the website using the Donate button located on the top right-hand corner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.